This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I find it so fascinating always how God handles um, things in worship and um, and sometimes things are a surprise because you can feel such movement and then I look at Alex and he's motioning like looking for the offering person to come up. and But during when the team was ministering the song about the alabaster heart, I could feel a nest of sorts being built for what God is saying tonight. And um, I find that beautiful. I think it always happens when, when the body gathers, but then at the same time, I think that there are particular spaces like a, and hear my heart, don't just hear my words, a school, a school of word and worship. This is not just a classroom setting where we come and get information, but it's a place where the Holy Spirit, as the teacher, schools our hearts in exactly what the series is right now, the Spirit-filled life, living Spirit-filled, not living doctrinally correct, not living, and there's nothing wrong with being doctrinally correct, we should be. We should be grounded in the teachings. Doctrine simply means teaching. So the teachings of Scripture are key to our truly living and not dying. And so I just, more and more, or I could say increasingly over these two years, I'm seeing God doing something quite specifically in this arena. And and I think he's drawing us to places where we really will allow our hearts, to be pure alabaster hearts where our lives are truly given to God. And I always say, you know, don't hear just my words, hear my heart. We don't want to give our hearts to a church or a denomination or a belief system. We are giving our hearts to the one true living God. And we do it by the power of the spirit of the Christ, his son, who was the firstborn among many brethren. So tonight I really feel like um, it's a serious endeavor. And I think even the worship had a joyful but a solid sound um, call to our hearts to be serious. To be serious with our lives before God. Can anybody else feel that? I'm going to put up two hands because I can feel something happening and I could even feel as Alex was navigating the worship, navigating the words, um, I could feel a nest being built. And, and this is what God does that is so beautiful is he prepares the space. And this is one of the wonderful things if we truly give our hearts to God in worship. And again, worship is not the music, but certainly the music should be worship. It's not just cool songs that give us goosebumps. It's the word of God to music that calls us to a higher place, that calls our thinking to a higher place. And so tonight in the, this series on spirit-filled living, I want to look at obedience versus yielding. Because you can obey the truths of scripture and never ever yield to the Holy Spirit. You can say, ouch, 
back in the day, Joyce Myers used to say, ouch, hallelujah, <laughs> because it's a good ouch. It's, it's God calling us to a seriousness that, yes, it's wonderful to obey. Sometimes in obedience, we can tick the boxes and say, yes, I did that. I brought my tithe. But what about the release and the power for increase that God actually wants us to experience as we bring our money as an offering from deep within our heart, not just as a portion of our substance? So I think um, I think I want to start with sharing a question that God asked me last week in worship. And... Um, I, could, I probably a few days ago could have told you exactly where this question came, but the question is overtaking the, de- the experience and kind of overwhelming my heart in a good way. But what he said to me is, will you say yes to growth? And the interesting thing about the question that he plummeted at me It came really sharply, but in a beautiful sharpness to my heart and my mind, to me as a person, as a daughter of God, but also to me as the head of so. Will you say yes to growth? And over the past few weeks, I've periodically brought to you all, prepare yourselves to embrace the move of God. Prepare yourself for change. Prepare yourself for the beauty of the Holy Spirit to take over in all arenas, in our thinking. Be prepared. Allow yourself to be prepared that what you currently know, he wants to truly unpack for you. There are many things, even doctrinally, that he has put deep within our hearts, our beautiful alabaster hearts. And now he says, will you let the outpouring of that heart really be led by my spirit? So I'm encouraging you tonight, and I hope that my heart and my passion encourages you to say yes to growth yourself, personally, spiritually, in your natural life, in your experience here at So, in your part Hear it so. We all have a part here, right? So I encourage you to say yes to the growth. Growth always involves change. So take a deep breath right now and just inside yourself say, okay, Jesus, I'm, I really am going to allow you to cause me to be okay with change in my life. You know, sometimes me personally, I'm like, I love this understanding. This understanding is rich, but God wants to say to us, But Kathy, it's richer. You've only gotten a portion. You've scratched just the beginnings of this revelation. We used to say in church circles, we've only touched the hem of his garment. Like there's revelation to come to each one of us individually that is going to dramatically affect the world. I don't want to just say the church, the world. If we will embrace the move of God, if we will, if we're going to embrace it, we're going to have to recognize it. Pastor Barry used to say years ago, um, and I found it so funny, it would always make me almost chuckle. Um, he would say many Christians wouldn't recognize the Holy Spirit if he came down the center aisle with a big hat with a yellow feather in it. In other words, like if he came real obtrusively, dressed in a costume. And you know what's sad about that is... The Jews had been prepared 
for generations to receive their Messiah. And he came and they didn't even recognize him. So my heart loves you deeply, but I do feel there's some real strong things coming to all of us. So please hear the love in my heart tonight. Hear um, part of what's happening even in me is as a leader, I would be remiss if I did not bring to this company of people that gather under my covering to not bring the, the true word that I feel God is saying. So here's a couple of questions. Can you see and feel God outside of church settings or church lingo? Are you experiencing joy in the truth? Or has your Christian experience become flatlined and impotent? Now remember, no condemnation. Because we are where we are, right? But God comes to awaken us. He comes to nudge us. He comes to say to us, value what is inside of you. It is not an accident that each one of you that are here have been drawn here and are filled with truth. Every one of you have truths that are alive inside of you. To what degree are they empowering you, overflowing you? I'm not saying that they're not. But I want you to know, no matter how broad and expansive it is, there's more. There is more. Do you really believe and trust? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Laugh for a minute. Have a little brain breather. We're, we're transparent together. We're being vulnerable, right? Because, I mean, this question comes to me. So I'm giving it to you. Do you really believe and trust in the fact that nothing is impossible for God? You see, I, I, I say, God, I really don't want to just have a Christian lingo that I believe when I'm near the blue chairs. The song that we sing and worship sometimes, there is a fourth man in the fire. There is another in any fire, and his choice would be to take pictures and flaunt them everywhere, how the fire didn't destroy you. Seriously, man, fires can either burn you up or set you on fire with passion. I think I've told you this before, but Neil and I's daughter, Marianne, Part of her testimony of what she walked through, she and David walked through with Eli, our grandson, their son, and leukemia, was that she learned more about joy in the midst of that than any other time in her life. That's absurd. But that's God. Because remember, what does scripture say joy is? Strength. Father God is moving in somewhat new ways in the church and in the earth. He's teaching in new and different ways. He's using people and people groups to speak truth in fresh ways. That's why I think he gave me those questions that we must ask ourselves. Do we recognize him? Here's another question for you. Can you handle the changes? Will you yield to them or simply obey what you're currently familiar with? 
Okay, so we're going to look at this. When we obey, this can simply be a mental decision, not always, but often it is. However, when we yield, we lean into the actual movement of Holy Spirit as we relinquish our will or our way, our rights, to him trusting his guidance. Are you with me? You know how I always say some things I'm going to read directly from notes because when I'm saying, okay, God, I feel this is what you're saying to me. There are times that he definitely, I feel, speaks to me and I'm, I'm not going to just um, be a, you know, there's, there's Bibles that are actual translations and there are Bibles that are kind of like just interpretations. I forget the other word. What's the other word for not translations, but um, paraphrases. And I don't want to paraphrase what he's saying to us tonight, okay? Yielding can involve, this is so crazy, yielding can involve letting go of our personal opinions and critique of how we think something should be done or how we like it. I have ways I like church, and I have things about church I don't like. Anybody else? That's not to say that the things I don't like aren't God. Anybody with me? Are you just sleepy? Should we turn on the floodlights? And, and again, Israel, Israel had, Jesus came, but they had a perspective of what they thought he should look like. So, and then when he did miracles, I mean, this is the crazy thing. When he did miracles, they said he does it by the power of Beelzebub. Beelzebub is a demon who is the Lord of the flies. I mean, do you know what flies land on? Come on, guys. So they're speaking of the Messiah, the son of the living God, that his works are. Oh, my goodness, guys. Be very wise at this point in history, particularly in this country, because God is awakening people. God is causing people who have had family lineage with seed in there, but they went their own way. Anybody going your own way? I'm going to put up both hands because I went all my own ways. Neil and I were talking today and, and I said, Sunday, Sunday is the day that we rededicated our lives. We were both born again as children. And November 3rd, 1984 is the day that we rededicated our lives. I will never forget it. Can I share like, were you, okay. Neil was alcoholic. He was so dependent. He was instantly delivered when we prayed the prayer to rededicate our life. Instantly. Has not had another drink since November 3rd. I didn't even know until we were a few years into the relationship that he was an alcohol alcoholic. Because I'd never seen him sober. So I just thought that was the man. Come on, guys. We're talking about the power of God. So on November 3rd, we have a Baptist preacher's wife who's been praying for me not to lose Marianne. I had to go to bed to carry her to term. Pray that. And so she says, she comes to us when Marianne's a couple of weeks old, sits at our dining room table on a, on a Saturday morning and says, what you going to do now? Neil was so caught up with like, okay, something's happening here spiritually. I was like, matter of fact, I remember every detail. Why? Our family, not just my mate, our family was being delivered, turned around by the power of the Holy Spirit and put on the right path. And here, 35 years later, I'm preaching? Come on, guys. This is crazy. And now he says to me last week, will you say yes to growth? 
like, I'm sitting here some days thinking, Jesus, do you know how old I am? And some of the stuff from what I feel is in my heart and call is just now starting to happen. Just obeying as an act of our will, though good, sometimes lacks the power of moving by the spirit, which engages our whole being. Moving by the spirit engages your whole being. Yielding engages your whole being. It's kind of like instead of bracing yourself against the wave at the ocean side on the shore, go ahead, get in position and dive right into it. It won't, it won't tumble you if you go with the wave. You can surf it. I'm telling you, tonight, God is saying things to different ones of your hearts because you guys are called. You're not called to a church pew. You're coming to a church pew on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings and whenever else you gather with groups and look at this word. You are coming into these places to be spurred on, to be drawn by the Holy Spirit, to yield, not just obey. Obedience is wonderful. It's wonderful. God says it's better than sacrifice. But he said, willing obedience. That's where the blessing pours and you don't even have to ask for it. Romans 8. Take a deep breath. This is one of those scriptures. It's like, ooh. Romans 8. Let me get there. Is that where I'm going to go? For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Weak through the flesh. See, the law was weak through the flesh. I want to look at that for a minute. Flesh there is a Greek word called sarx. S-A-R-X. And that is, just hear the spirit of this tonight. That is the lower nation, nature. The lower nature. You see, we all can operate daily as Christians, spirit-filled believers from our lower nature. Sometimes, don't be freaked out, this is not heresy, sometimes just ticking the boxes and obeying can be your lower nature. Just attending on Wednesday night and ticking the box that I was under some Bible teaching can be your sarks. It can be your lower nature. Remember, I said a few weeks back, when you come on Wednesday nights, open your heart, open your mind. God is endeavoring to unleash everything of who you are, everything of who he is in you. He has prayers he wants you to pray. He has confessions he wants you to speak over people groups, over government officials, over other churches in the region, that as a house of the word and faith, we have a right to make positive confessions over our brothers and sisters in this region. We have a right to pray the Ephesians 1 prayer. God, let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they would know the hope of your calling, that it's not just to obedience, come to a church service but to come to the church gathering and be infilled with this passionate spirit the holy spirit of the living god you see when jesus said when the holy spirit comes upon you he wasn't joking 
He wasn't joking around, guys. He wasn't just saying shamatata and go evangelize and get people born again so they can go to heaven. He was saying, I want you to overflow so that I can pour heaven through you and heaven can come to the earthly realm. Your will be done on earth like it is in the heavenly realm. In your heavenly realm, inside your spirit, what's happening? Do you feel flatlined? Say no condemnation. But recognize it and yield to something more than obeying. You see, it's wonderful to be a church-going, tithing, tongue-talking person of God. But what about fleshing out the very spirit of Jesus? What about being so infilled by the Christ, that which destroys every yoke and bondage? You see, some of you, I know testimonies in your life where the anointing of God by the power of the Holy Spirit has destroyed yokes and bondages. Your granddaughter's one experience, a praying grandmother. The enemy tries to take the life of a newborn baby. Nope, nope, nope. This is not happening. But that's when we look at things and say, I'm not going to yield to my lower nature. My lower nature right now is scared spitless. My lower nature sees all the facts. And the facts are building a case for death and destruction. Are you guys with me? In Matthew 26, 41, Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Same word, Sark's. Same word, the lower nature. The spirit wants to do all these wonderful things, wants to yield to God. But the lower nature is like, oh man, calm down. Calm down because you're not as learned as the elders or you don't have that kind of nerve. You're kind of shy. The lower nature speaks to us factually, guys. The lower nature will tell you you're kind of shy. No condemnation. Kathy said no condemnation. Are you with me? This is serious business. In Romans 8, 4, we were just in 3, but let's look at 4. Let me finish 3. It's weak through the flesh. God did what, what the law couldn't do because of the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned it. He didn't condemn you. He condemned sin in the flesh and said, you're not going to be any longer bound by your sarks. You will have the feelings. You will have the emotions. You will have the human experience, but you won't be bound by it. You don't have to be bound by it. That's what Jesus would look us in the face and say, you do not have to be bound by these feelings. And he did it that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the sarks the lower nature, but according to the spirit. You know, sometimes with teaching and, oh my gosh, sometimes it can be so annoying because once you hear something, you can't hear it the same anymore. So it's like the feelings will come and you'll be thinking, ah, my lower nature talking to me. I'm not denying that those emotions, that human experience is so powerful. It's so powerful. That's why it took God. It took God to come as a man. It took God to come and pay a price we could never pay. So that what had been intended by the enemy to hold us captive to the earthly experience, God would destroy with his anointing. 
But he says, you're going to have to yield to the anointing that lives within you. You see, it's not even like you have to ask it to come. You have the Christ in you. If you're born of the spirit, you are born of the spirit. You are born of the Christ spirit, the Holy Spirit, that which is set apart from the lower nature. And it has the power to cover your lower nature and actually allow a constraint to become a tool in the hand of God to show his glory. It's crazy. It's, it's absolute absurdity to the human mind. That's why everything in this book is spiritually discerned. People can read this book, find the rules, and tick them off. Yes, Jesus, I'm a tither. Yes, Jesus, I come to church. Yes, Jesus, I get people born again. Are you with me? I'm preaching to me too. I'm speaking to me because God is saying to us, living faith, you have been ordained to pour live faith into this region. You have a foundation that is built purely, not out of man's will or a man that wanted to come in here and make a church 32 years ago. It's built out of the word of God. Just purely from human frailty and our own ability to fight and and disagree, those of us that have been here from almost the beginning, we should not be together. Just that alone. Our division alone and our differences of opinion should have divided us long ago. Then we get that worked out and finances should have destroyed us. And then disillusionment with the word for the people that we have lost as we stood in faith. And yet there was a father in the household that said, yes, this aches. I'm going to tell you something. One of the most compelling, compelling experiences I've had since I've been at this church was to sit right there as Pastor Barry preached his infant grandson's funeral (sighs) in faith. You see, guys, things do unfold. We don't understand. But I remember he came to this point right here and he stopped and he literally, I watched him. He bit his bottom lip like, what do you think was going on inside of him? I have a family here. Jesus, help me to hold them together in the midst of a turmoil that should steal the living word right out of their hearts and minds. See, nothing's impossible with God. I'm not saying anything of that was God's will, and I hope tonight that testimony doesn't disillusion you. We don't understand those things, but some some things, some hidden things, they're for God, and we won't know until we go home. We won't understand. But the Holy Spirit says, don't try to understand what you cannot comprehend. who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds. Okay, remember the lower nature. Those who live according to the lower nature set their minds on the things of the lower nature. Hear what the word is saying here. Think about it. The apostle Paul is teaching like a spiritual father. He is teaching the church at Rome. He's saying, if you live from your lower nature, the things happening in your life factually can take you down. 
But those who live according to the spirit, those who in the midst of the lower nature screaming the facts at you, when you yield to the spirit, see, they will, they will reap from the spirit. For to be carnally minded, or we could say naturally minded, that's what our lower nature is, to be carnally minded, to constantly have the thoughts of the challenges of my day on my mind. Think about that, guys. How many of us have challenges today? We all do. They can overwhelm our minds, can't they? They can intrude into our minds, intrude into our thought processes, and begin to fill us with that which is not Holy Spirit. But it is spiritually powerful. Because then, as the dominion figures on the earth, we become overflowing fountains of the lie. Yet scripture says, nothing is impossible with God. And Jesus said to people that he ministered to, nothing is possible to him who believes. So what do we believe? What do we really believe? To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That is literally telling me that if I will allow the truths of scripture to be what's on my mind, I will be literally filled with spiritual life and peace. You can be in a crazy place and filled with, with peace and life. You see, it's eternal life. The minute that you answer death and say, oh, no, oh, no, I know what I feel. I know what the facts say, but that is not what God intended for me. You see, there's one thing to obey and do the spiritual confessions of scripture. It's a far another thing to yield to the confessions of the scripture, to yield, to take every thought captive as many times as I need to in a day. I'm going to tell you when Eli was going through what he was going through. I couldn't even count how many times a day I had to say no to what ifs. I can't even imagine with David and Marianne. But just Neil and I, I mean, when we got the the call, I hyperventilated. Literally, I thought I was going to pass out. I began to hyperventilate. That's like hitting a brick wall at about 250 miles an hour. But this word, oh, thank you, God. This had been sown so deeply in our hearts and minds. This word saves because it's not just a doctrine. It's the very person of God himself. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He, Jesus. You see, his name wasn't Jesus in heaven. His name was the word. He was in the beginning. And then in John 1:14, and Pastor Gavin has been preaching this on Sundays, fleshing out. That's what this is about. Fleshing out the word of God, not in a religious way, not fleshing out, you know, um, Word and faith approved confessions. But what is your thought confession over your life? What is your thought confession over your family? What is your thought confession over the presidency of the United States? God forbid that you would prophesy negativity and hell over our president. Because scripture says something quite different. It doesn't say pray for him if he does what you think is scripturally correct. It says pray for those in authority. Pray for the authority that is God's will to govern the earth so that man doesn't come against man fighting and lying and bickering and stabbing in the back. I'm going to tell you, I'm not on a soapbox, but if you pray from your deepest heart for President Trump in the White House, that man is out of the box of politics. He's outside the box. 
He's not governed by politics. He may seem crude at times, or you may think that their prejudice is whatever, but he is not a man that's going to be run by the political field. And we needed that in this nation. But I'm going to say to you tonight, are you willing to be Christians that are not run by the politics in the church of Jesus Christ? Because there's a politics in the church of Jesus Christ that wants to see certain things of people that come to God and judge when they don't look the way we think they should look as they come into the kingdom. Watch out. Watch out. God used a donkey one time. I heard somebody preach. You know, there's another name for a donkey. And I heard this guy preach and he said, God used a donkey one time. But he didn't use, say donkey, he used the other word. And he said, he's using one tonight in front of you. I could say the same thing. But there are things happening in my heart. If you guys can feel, my heart is beating so fast right now because I am completely impassioned with us truly believing that this is a book filled with the miraculous intention of God. And when we take his mind and allow it to be the way we think, I'm going to tell you things on planet earth and things in this nation and things in this church and things in Manassas are going to come right. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity. That just means at odds. The carnal mind, the lower nature, is at odds against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Sometimes we want our flesh to submit to God. Your flesh doesn't want to submit to God. Your flesh is overwhelmed by the facts in front of you. Your flesh can be overwhelmed with the emotion of the situation. The emotion is almost like the depth of the ocean in which you drowned. How do you swim in emotion? Anybody ever had that where you just like seriously cannot get it together? Some people lose it and sob and all, nothing wrong with that. And some people put up the hard side. I can do this. You can't do it without the spirit of God. I don't care how strong you are. At some point, you're going to crumble, possibly with a mental breakdown, when you try to stand against the lie on your own. How far was I going to go with that? To verse 9. So then those who are in the lower nature, the sarks, cannot please God. Doesn't mean he's not loving you, that he's not pleased with you as a child. That please there means you can't satisfy his intention with your lower nature. So if that's the case... Just obeying, you can't satisfy the high-level intention God has for your life just by obeying. See, the Jews were obeying the law. They literally counted out the mint leaves to give the exact amount for a tithe. And Jesus even said that. He said, you literally count out your mint leaves. That's how obedient they were. They said to Jesus, your disciples do stuff on the Sabbath. You do stuff on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do stuff on the Sabbath. Yet healing is God's will. The Sabbath himself, the Sabbath rest was standing in front of them. And they were saying, your guys don't obey our laws. It wasn't even saying they don't obey God. They don't obey our laws. They don't obey our church laws. See, we do it denominationally. Well, you talk in tongues and we don't believe in that. So 
You stay there and we'll go here. Aren't we funny creatures? I think sometimes we just have to laugh at ourselves and say the fact that we are so wackadoodle sometimes proves to me how much God loves us. I literally say the fact that I don't go up and smoke and just poof, I'm gone. That is crazy proof that he loves me. The tolerance alone. Okay, so here we go. Verse 9. But you are not in the sarks, the lower nature, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Gosh, guys, grab this. If you don't get anything else tonight. Literally, Paul is teaching. Paul wrote like two-thirds of the New Testament. Okay, we're talking about a Pharisee of the Pharisees as far as knowing the truth of Scripture. And he says, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. He didn't say, if you do it all right. He said, come on, man, you can take joy in this. He said, if the spirit of God dwells in you, you're not in your lower nature. So stop listening to the lying nutcake. He says, you're in the higher nature. You're in the holy nature. You have at your disposal things you don't even know you know. See, to me, this is what trips me out. There are scriptures I know, but with the leading of the Holy Spirit, there are times when I don't know exactly what to pray. He prays for me and through me, not just in shamatatas. He'll cause you to speak in your own language prayers that you would never have thought out yourself. I marvel because sometimes when I teach, stuff comes out of me that I didn't even ponder while I was preparing. And I sit there and say, my goodness. If I will yield to you, God, and I've got some fears now that I'm saying, I'm I'm intending to yield to you, God. I'm going to yield to you. I'm not going to look at the number on my birthday chart. I'm not going to look at the fact that some things are just now starting. I'm going to pour my life out. I'm going to let this, you say, alabaster, beautiful, pure heart. I'm going to let it pour out. If my foolishness or my passionate, crazy voice and the way that I teach inspires you, take the inspiration. It's not me. It's God literally calling you out of your own Somewhat lower nature, lower perspective of yourself. If the spirit dwells in you, let him have his habitation in you, man. You know, we can sing all these. We can sing that alabaster heart song. Will you really allow yourself to believe that your heart is that important to Jesus that he wants you to pour it out in the earth? Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Doesn't mean you're not born again. Doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. But in that moment, you're not his in the action of that moment. Think about it. In every moment, he doesn't want us to belong to our lower nature. He wants us to be his. He wants us to yield. He wants us to be unafraid and unashamed and take what's happening in us right now and release it. Romans 8, 12. Let's go down there a little bit. As we mature, we learn to lean into the higher nature, which is our true identity in Christ. Y'all with me? Verse 12 in Romans 8. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the lower nature. 
to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, the lower nature, you will die. You know the challenge with not... Okay, so say no condemnation before I go here. Okay, the challenge with not living really yielded and just kind of doing whatever we want. The challenge with that is you don't know you're dying. You see, in the beginning, what the directive God gave was, don't go there, Adam, don't, don't take that in because in dying, you will surely die. In yielding, leaning into your lower nature, you're going to set on a path the spirit of death. You see, it's very powerful whether we yield to a lower nature of thinking, a lower mind. It's very powerful, and it causes us. I personally believe that from Adam's um, mistake that mankind has been taught to die. There was so much, and I've said this to you before, there was so much life in Adam that after the fall, it took 900 and some years before he could die. He was taught to die. He was a man of two minds now because he'd opened him up, has opened himself up that his powerful being could be used by someone who was the spirit of everything but life. Are you with me? This is so important. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the spirit, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Think about that. You put to death. The deeds of the lower nature. That's not just talking about the activities. We think it's all about these out. Don't do this and don't do that. Be good. Don't, you know all the do's. I don't even want to go into them because honestly, I'm just tired of going into them. But all the things, don't do them. That's not even what it's talking about. It's talking about our thought processes because the reason, even in the beginning, that Adam went where he went was because he entertained some wrong words. Some wrong thinking. And I believe he was actually groomed to go to the wrong tree. He was groomed to think it was no big deal. The enemy said, you'll not surely die. And see, that's the challenge. We go certain places in our thinking, certain places in our relationships, certain places in how we view other people groups. And we don't even realize our thought processes are calling, causing us to die. Causing us to have death filled perspectives of other humans built in God's image. Now, if they're his offspring, you're basically us. We are basically looking at God with a perverse view. You see, when we start separating humans and God and we identify humans with their wrongdoing, instead of identifying them with the God who saved them and loves them, we're so wrong guys. Because we are the prophetic voice in the earth. And when we begin to say, thus saith the Lord, and our wrong doctrines and our doctrines that totally lack love begin to pour out, is it any wonder that many people don't want to come near the church? Come on, man. If you put to death the deeds, the happenings of your lower nature, you will live. For as many, now listen to this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The Greek word there for sons is huios. These are the mature ones. These are the ones who are leaning in, not just obeying the doctrines, leaning in, not being led by the doctrines. Doesn't say be led by the doctrines. Doesn't say be led by the Bible. However, the Bible will cause you to know who the Spirit is that is leading you. Oh, come on, man. I'm not meaning to be harsh. 
But if there is some spirit that leads you to speak a curse, and when you talk trash over people groups, you're speaking a curse over them, and you want to tell me that's the Holy Spirit. Not, not, not. No, 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 no. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, the huios. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, and that's phobos. You didn't receive a spirit that takes you into phobias. You see, it's, it's phobic when we're scared spitless of our future. And yet God says, I have only good things for you. But we have to start asking these questions. God, how do you have good things for me? How am I going to change from the way I view myself or others right now? How, my situation, how is that going to change? And he says, I just want you to allow my word. Allow, lean into my word. You see, lean into, sometimes I, I would rather worship than anything. But God is saying some pretty strong things to me, even about Wednesday nights. And it's like, Kathy, are, are you going to say yes to growth? Because the word of God causes humans to grow and increase. Our hearts are like the most prime real estate soil for a farmer. This is why Jesus taught what he taught in Mark 4. And then he says to the disciples, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand anything on the planet that's of God. Because sowing and reaping is a key component. He literally shows us with the soil how you put a seed in there and how it literally will grow up and become not just another one of those seeds, but a plant that has a multitude of those seeds. And then he says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the ground made for the spirit of God's seed. In some places, the Greek word is spermos. You are the ground built. You're the womb. The body of Christ is the womb for the seed of God to multiply in the earth, to bring the God image, the God intention, the God blessing on the planet. I know this is intense stuff, but I'm going to tell you what. Sometimes you have to let things be caught. You have to yield into catching. Pastor Barry used to say, far more is caught than taught. Far more is caught. Sometimes I would sit, Talk to him, just breathe it. Just like. (sighs) Particularly if I was afraid of something. Because I was sitting in the presence of someone who wasn't afraid. That's not to say he didn't have phobic things that tried to speak to him. It's not to say that he didn't have a lower nature. But he knew what the seed would do to his lower nature. You see, Peter said, you're born again of an incorruptible seed. Your thoughts, each thought. You see, I don't think we should just have a date where we were born again. I think we should have multiple new births. And anytime our lower nature is trying to build for us a picture that it wants us to live in, I think we should have our thoughts born new, born of the spirit, born of heaven, come right from the father into our thinking and annihilate the lower nature. I believe that with all my heart. I'm learning how to do it. I'm not saying I've got it together. I'm a deep thinker. Any idea what can go on in deep thinking? You can deeply think some pretty sick stuff. Seriously, I'm being honest. I'm going to be transparent because 
anything that can get near you that you will take. Jesus said, take no thought saying what well, it's not even talking about here. You can shut your mouth all the day long, but say it constantly here. And at some point, Jesus said, it'll come out of you. At some point, it'll come out of you because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth doesn't speak just because I have obeyed and I know these are the scriptures. The mouth speaks based on what you be brewing inside. Say no condemnation. I'm speaking to all of us in love because God is calling us into a very high life where we have the privilege to literally flesh out our loving father's intentions for mankind. But we need to flesh them out for ourselves first. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy God. In the Jewish culture, the little guys, little kids would call their daddies Abba, 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 of course with a Middle Eastern accent. But they literally, Daddy, Daddy, and Paul is teaching here, have that attitude with God. Abba, teach me. Daddy, teach me. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. It's an inward witness. Think about this. Your lower nature needs to yield into what Abba wants to teach you. When we yield into that, see, we love to talk about baptizing the spirit. Come forward. We're going to do a prayer line if you want to get baptized in the spirit. What about finding yourself caught in your lower nature and you cry out, Abba, I need you to speak to me. And he comes and the spirit bears witness with us of who we really are. There's a baptism of sorts happening there, guys. Holy Spirit is coming with truth and immersing your lower nature in the spirit himself, the spirit of truth. Drowning the lie. I know every one of us in this room, every one of us, sound booth people, me, worship team, we all have some lies that need to be drowned. They're a part of our lower nature. There are fears. Some of them were built for us through generations of lineage. Some of the curses in our lives that we actually believe were given to us as an inheritance. Some of us given to us, and, and I'm, I'm not dissing anyone. People only know what they've been taught. Some of the curses have been given to us in Christian lineage. Selah, pause and think about that one. Yielding and allowing God to drown out is not a dishonor to our heritage. It's actually an honor. Those that came before us gave us what they could give us. And they say, take that forward. So we take it forward and the next generation has some things that drop off and some things that grow bigger. And then the next generation has more that drops off and more that gets bigger. And that's the power of increase. Instead of walking, you know, I say, don't walk single filed in your Christianity. Let your life literally fan out. It's something that's happening in this house. It's something that's happening in so. God wants your thinking, say mine, to fan out. He doesn't want you bound by the beautiful doctrines you know from here. He wants those doctrines to be like rocket fuel in your heart and mind. Sometimes we're scared of that, aren't we? 
Because when I really let go, what will I act like? Will my friends still stay with me? Will I still fit in this church? I think that's a scary one for a lot of people. Will I still be able to go to church here or will I be so crazy or, or so different? Can we not trust that when we yield to our higher nature, it won't alienate me from my company. It will actually engraft me deeper because there are people that trust you. Come on, guys. And when you move further in and yield further in, they're going to say, wow, if he believes that, I'm probably safe to believe it too. So it bears witness that we're children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer, don't hear the word suffer. Identify. If we identify with him, that we may also be glorified together. So as we mature, we learn to lean into the higher nature, which is our true identity in Christ. Our true identity is the fleshing out, the visible, physical, and again, that's John 1, 1 through 3, and then John 1, 14. It's the visible, physical representation of healing, provision, compassion, kindness, all those things. It's crazy, guys, but that's what God's doing. As we personally experience the truth of God, he's fleshing out a visible illustration. So we just have to wake up. I was listening to a young man that's recently turned his life over to God. Quite a profound awakening. Uh, uh, so exhilarating to me that I'm, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped because... He's just a representation of the individuals that are on their way into the truth that we have sown our lives for for many years. And he's beautiful. And he said, he was asked, will there be people, you know, what are you going to say to the people that um, say this isn't real? And he said, it's simple. He said, because the guy said, um, one minute you're living like this. And then the next minute you're living differently. You're living for God. And you say, you now work for God. And he said, well, let me tell you this. When you're asleep, do you believe that you're really asleep? You're sound asleep. Yep. That was the answer from the interviewer. And he said, and when you wake up, you're awake, right? Wide awake. Would you agree that that's two different states? And I said, yep. He said, okay. I woke up. I'm awake. I was asleep. Now I'm awake. Now I'm aiming at seeing the awakening of literal, the people that don't even believe in God. That illustration was so simple. I listened and there was such, please hear me guys. There was such a strong anointing on him preaching that truth. Him saying, it's this simple. I was asleep and I woke up. I was in that state. Now I'm in this state. We're not talking about a guy that just sits on a church pew and he won't be sitting. He won't be sitting. And I pray that the church will leave him alone or or either get on with him or leave him alone because he's a billionaire. 
That'll probably be the first thing they aim the arrow at. I'm just saying this because he's powerful in his awakening. Come on, guys, how powerful will you be in your next awakening? We're all awake here. We're here. You're, you're here on a Wednesday night when you could be at home having a quiet dinner with your family and going to bed or even just watching your favorite show or even quietly alone reading the word or listening to music. But you're sitting in a church service. It's not really a church service. You're sitting in a school. You've presented yourself a living sacrifice. You come and you worship. You've opened your heart, opened your mind. He says, I'm going to wake you up even further. And you're going to see who you are in Northern Virginia. I've woken you up further. And I'm going to show you who you are in this church. You see, this church needs to wake up too. I love this place. I believe in everything that's happening here. But we have not hit the final goal. There is no final goal. There's never an arrival point. There's just always more. What part of the more will you bring to this household? Because you're a member of this family. You're not just somebody who comes on a Wednesday night. You're a member of this body. What you have inside of you is part of our call, man. How you feel and so, how you worship and so, the fact that you have the right when you come here to go around, if you feel to go somebody and put your hand on them and say, can I pray for you? Do it. You don't have to have some sort of ordination paper to do it. You've been ordained. Jesus said, you're a son now. Oh, hey. Now go do the works. Pray. If the worship team feels like, come down off the platform and put your hands on somebody, do it. Why are we hesitating Our lower nature that scrutinizes and critiques us all the day long. Shut it up. Suffocate it. Oh, Jesus, help me. (laughs) Gracious. You can go to Galatians 5 and it'll tell you, you know, the works of the lower nature. And some of those don't even think about like, well, I would never do a lusty thing. Oh, come on. Anybody in this room that hasn't had a lust thought, just admit it. Seriously, we're human beings. At some point in your life, you've thought cuckoo stuff. When I first, uh, when Neil and I first rededicated our lives, um, I'm a deep thinker. So deep thinkers generally are people who take thoughts and fantasize with them. That can be good and that can be bad. I believe it's a God-ordained thing to get pictures inside your head and let them get bigger. But when the lower nature is the one that conceives the picture, you can get very fearful things. Very fearful things. Do I want to go there yet? I don't want to go there yet. Okay. I got 15. Ooh. I'm excited because I can feel, I can feel inside personally stuff that God is doing, not just in us here on Wednesday night, but he's doing things in the earth. He's moving in different ways. He's saying, will you wake up? Will you wake up? Can you see me? That's why I think he had me ask those questions at the beginning. Can you see God moving where you don't hear church lingo? Where you don't see a recognizable doctrine? Can you deep in your heart recognize there's movement of the spirit of God? He is saving people. There's power in simply seeking the kingdom. Okay, now I want you to understand this. Sometimes our lower nature, we're thinking, I've got to understand. I need to study this scripture, learn this doctrine before I can move out of this crazy place. 
But seeking the kingdom, simply seeking the kingdom. You see, it's the king's domain. That's all the kingdom is, is the king's domain. One of the things that I think the church is deluded about is we think the kingdom is inside the church. So we think the church is the end all of everything. Not. The church is in the kingdom. There's a lot the king is doing in his domain that the church doesn't even recognize. Doesn't even approve. Yet Jesus said, if two or more of you agree agree as touching anything according to my will. Time to understand agreement, isn't it? So Matthew 6.33, let's go there. Are you guys with me? I hope so. I'm like literally getting kind of intoxicated with the truth. So just bear with me. I'm going to try to land this plane. At least get it close to the runway. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first the domain of God, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You see, the, the crazy thing there is Jesus is talking about all these natural things on the planet that don't, you know, they don't serve God. They don't speak the word. They, but they're of him. And he said, all these things are beautiful. And so then he goes down here and he says, seeking first the kingdom, the righteousness, the Some right of you ways have been standing of God, not right on your wrong, promises. Like, obey. And you like, haven't just been this, standing on your promises. But yield to the fact you have been that standing for a long time. Thing. And you haven't you see, the young been man just standing on your promises for a long time. And You've been no, standing on your promises in the midst of a storm, in the midst of adverse winds and circumstances and situations. You've been standing on your promises. You've been standing on your promises despite what you feel, despite what you can see. You've been standing and waiting in faith for the manifestation. I can live any way I want. And Paul said, but it's been a long time. And because of the delays and the disappointment, the enemy wants to come and whisper in your ear. Why bother? Nothing has changed. But I say to you, let's go on. Don't give up. Matthew. Don't give up. This is a new season, and I have a new sword to put in your hand for this new season. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first. And it is a fresh word, and it is a fiery word, right from the heart of heaven. My lower nature, I'm feeling. And that word is going to ignite your faith. It's going to rekindle your passion. That word is going to be a fiery fuel. Knock, with the energy of the Holy you. Spirit, and it's going to get Powerful you enough. off your couch. It's going to get receives. you back in the race. Do you know that we you are going to run like the wind. The your hands that were hanging down we are going to be raised time, over your head like as you cross I mean, your personal for finish line. Messiah came. Some of they you have felt as if you had been in the waiting room. Seemingly forever. But I say to you, this is not the time to give up. It is the time to look up. Look up and see a door opened in heaven. You are moving. 
living from the waiting room into the delivery room. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. This and to him is who knocks, not the open. time to give up. Think about this. Don't or give what up. Man is there but among you rise who, if up his son and take up the strength of the spirit. Fish, lay hold give him a of your if faith then, and being push. evil, which really means natural. You are birthing if you then, being evil, natural, Second know Chronicles how to give good gifts to your says, children. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because father, of the great multitude, heaven, for the battle is not yours, it is God's. We are positioned in a place See, of God, rest. I'm he God. said it is finished. God, we are positioned in a place of rest. You will not need to fight this battle. Position believe. yourselves, see, stand we ask, still, we and see, see the salvation so of the Lord who is with you. That's a thought to <laughs> Do take not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow Sitting go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Thank you, death. Father. Because it's a train of thought processes that begins to build a case against the truth of God. It's actually that car is driven by your lower nature, my lower nature. When fear begins to grip us, we've let the lower nature drive our car and listen to the lie. I'm guilty of that sometimes. You see, we think I'm just a little timid. Timidity is a seed that breeds fear. Just saying. I've learned that the hard way. A real hard way. Particularly having public ministry. So I've got some stuff of my lower nature. I'm ripping it up. Because I don't want to just have this passion under the anointing to teach. I want to live in it every single day. I don't want my lower nature guiding me out there. I don't want my lower nature walking up in my home and the things that my kids are challenged with, I begin to agree with the lie that comes against it. No. No, 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 no. So I'm pulling up some stuff. Here's an example for how God, what God wants to do with us. We obey. See, there is an initial obeying. We obey and go to the Bible for info on our situation or need. You see, you need to know what God says in his word. Foundationally, I love the movement of the spirit in music. I love the movement in prayer. I love, um, I like to get lost in worship. I, I like, I don't want to go only on the streets to have street signs, you know, like that we've been taught in church. I want to explore. But at the same time, I want the grounding that causes me to recognize the turns I'm supposed to make and resist the ones I'm not supposed to make in my exploration. Are you guys with me? So we go to the word of God to get the information we need. The words there begin to paint pictures. You see, this was God's intention with words. His words in the beginning painted confidence, brought faith to Adam and Eve. His words aren't the ones that empowered them to go to the wrong tree. It was another's words. That lesson was put there in the Bible so that you would understand the power of words. That those walking in the spirit of the day with God could be tempted away. Prior to there being any darkness in the earth for man, prior to death, they were tempted away. Uh, can, Can we get that picture? In a perfect state, having not fallen yet, man could be tempted. What a lesson, guys. Come on. So I don't care how spiritual we think we are. At any moment, you can think you're being led by the Spirit and not be led, being led by the Spirit. 
So those words paint pictures of God's view of how things should go. If at this point we begin to truly yield our thinking. See, sometimes those words bring conviction. Conviction is nothing more and nothing less than convincing. The words of God come and convince you of God's will. So we yield our thinking. Sometimes you have to yield pet thoughts. This is how I want worship to go. This is how I want Wednesday night to go. This is how I want my life to go. And this is the mate I want. And this is the this I want. And this is what I want my children to look like. And this is what I want my grandchildren to look like. And I don't want any of them to have any sickness, no disease, uh, because it's my covenant right for them not to have that, which is true. But don't you want the thought processes that when the enemy endeavors to come in, like a flood, God causes something to come up inside of you. You see, that's, that's taught wrong when it says when the enemy comes in like a flood. That's bull. He's not the one that has the power to flood the earth. God does. So we yield our thinking, our thought life. We yield our thought processes. When we're depressed, oppressed, brought down, scared, sad, um, disillusioned, whatever, we have to yield those processes, those thought processes, because there is a case being built. And we have to yield them to his way. And not just for the moment, but for the long term. What if the thought comes back in five minutes? Take it captive again. Arrest it again. What if it comes back again five minutes later? Take it captive again. Because what's endeavoring to happen, endeavoring to tempt your lower nature into agreeing with the lie that's manifesting in your life. When we do that, then we get literally a stronghold, a tower of wrong thinking in us. You see, that's how the curse is passed down from generation to generation. People believed lies and never took them captive. People took oppression and depression. And they never dealt with it because no one taught them. That's why, what a blessing to have the true teaching of this word. You see, suicide is the product, not of just suicide, of oppressive depression that people never said, you don't have to yield to that thinking and walk with people and say, that thought is tormenting you. That is not of God. That's your lower nature. And your lower nature is allowing the darkness to come in and drown out. Your new life inside. Are you guys with me? It's crazy. Thought, your thought life is so huge. You see, murders, perversions that are on the planet, they did not just come out of a vacuum. They were built by words. People that didn't take captive their lustful thinking or their perverse thinking or their rejection issues or their fears or their own abuse where they were handled perversely. See, that's why in this place... You don't have to be ashamed here. You can get help. You can come to counselors. You can come to ministers. You can go to friends. This is not going to be a household where we're made to think that we don't have those thoughts that take us captive. You will never be shamed for them. I'm not shaming you tonight. I'm not shaming myself. But we must acknowledge that this is a tool in the enemy's hand. And God has come to save us. He comes as savior and comforter. Horrendous things may have happened to you that you think you'll never get away from, but you can. And then you can be a deliverer for others. Not just for the moment, but for the long term. We will begin to have new pictures. See, this is what happens. You change the pixels. 
The word comes and changes the pixels. And you get new pictures for your life. This is vision. The proverb says that without vision, people perish. Without spiritual insight, people cast off restraint. That's what one translation says. If you don't know to cast off, you know, you'll, you'll cast off a restraint that could cause your thinking. I want you to realize tonight the thoughts that mess with you. It's not a casual thing. It's a determination of darkness to overshadow the light of God. By yielding our thinking, our behaviors will change. (laughs) It's so simple, but it's so not easy. Anybody agree? It's so stinking simple. And yet it's so difficult. Many think they don't have visions, and I'm going to close off with some of this. People think they don't have visions, but you have visions all the time inside. Anybody see things unfolding? Ever been driving along and um, you see a horrible accident? Not see it outside. You think it inside and think, oh, I better pay attention because you envision a horrible accident. If you do that all the time, you'll quit wanting to go out in public and drive on the highways. Ever had something you want and you start to plan it inside? And when we go there, this is, we're going to go to Disney World and we're going to go here and there and you start to build the whole vacation and you're having a vision of how it's going to unfold. You have visions. God's word will cause visions inside of you, visions of healing to manifest on the planet, visions of praise and worship that causes people's hearts to bow because Jesus is worthy, not just sing songs because we're in church. Jesus is worthy. He's really crazy worthy for us to come in, even if we're exhausted on Wednesday nights, and say, Jesus, I want you to have my heart. I'm really tired. I don't feel like worshiping, but you're still the Savior that brought me out of darkness, and you're doing it right now. Right now, in my exhaustion, you're bringing me out of the darkness, the oppression of exhaustion. So we get major pictures. Philippians, in the Passion Translation, Philippians 2.5 says, let his mindset become your motivation. How cool is that? His pictures will definitely motivate and inspire us into the proper space for thinking in a healthy fashion. Then the New King James says of Philippians 2.13, For it is God working in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure or good purpose. Familiar with that scripture? It's God that's working in you. You see, when you, when you allow your lower nature to be overwhelmed by the higher level stuff, that's what happens. The Passion Translation says of that verse, God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him which means he fulfills his plan. See, we think it's little things. Just It doesn't seem so powerful. I want to do powerful things for you, Jesus. And he says it's very powerful if you will take your thought life captive. It's very powerful because I can begin to cause you to envision your part in Wednesdays, your part in living faith, your part at your office where healing and peace and unity among people will come to pass. Your prayers for government. I want you to understand how powerful you are. This is what Jesus would be saying to us. I I want to work in you so that your thinking is so pure, it is an alabaster jar like the woman who took a year's salary worth of perfume and goes to the party where Jesus is there with the tax collectors and all, and she begins to worship at his feet. Now, this is a woman who earned her money 
in an unchurchy way. And she goes to the Savior. And she begins to rub his feet and pour the oil and wipe with her hair. Come on, guys. That's a somewhat sensual sounding picture because she wasn't taught worship in a church service. Her heart was pouring out to a man she had realized salvation through. She was recognizing him and he saw worship. He didn't, you know, those around him, they're like, what are you letting her do? This, and I'm sure they had a name for her. We have modern names, but I'm sure they had their own name for a woman like that. You're letting this chick rub your body and pour perfume on you? Come on, man. We could have sold that for our ministry. Jesus would say, watch out, church. And so in this place on Wednesday evenings, we're not judging one another's movement. We're allowing God to have our hearts. We're allowing him to teach us what it is to yield. Obedience is beautiful and wonderful, but it's a first step on the ladder. He wants us to let our obedience be infiltrated by his Holy Spirit, taken out of the box of behavior for Wednesday nights or a church service and go into the realm of a different state of existence. You see, God is coming and saying, I'm going to use my word. I'm going to use the movement of my spirit. I'm going to use my love to wake you up. I want you to wake up. I'm not saying, I, I'm, I'm hearing that to me. Kathy, will you say yes to growth in so? I don't know what it's going to look like in here. But I can tell you one thing. This will permeate everything that happens here. But not just doctrinally. In movement, actual movement in our lives by the spirit of the living God. Father, we love you and we honor you and we recognize you're doing something in our lives individually and you've called us together as a corporate group. And you're calling us to truly turn further toward you so that we can see more clearly your intention for our lives personally. And then we say, yes, Jesus, we'll put it together as a group. We'll put it together as a household. We'll put it together in Christian faith so that others can truly see you, not just a church. Thank you, Father God, for the people you are waking up. Thank you for the power of that young man's testimony that will wake up others, including our church brethren, to see that you are moving in many ways that we've not yet seen. Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit, truly beyond our doctrine, the power of baptism with the Holy Spirit, beyond our doctrine, the power of our spiritual language, that when we sing in tongues and speak in tongues, it's so much more than a simple doctrine in a church service. Father, help us to yield everything that we know so that you can show us the intention for why you planted those truths in us in the first place. We honor you tonight, Father God, in Jesus' name, a mighty name. Help us even with that, not to just recognize with Christian lingo the mightiness of your name, but to know that that name has been following that young man his entire life. 
for this day. And we honor you in that in Jesus' name. Amen.